born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I, I want to cover a couple things with you. You know, we have a lot of people today that are just talking about, you know, Everybody should have equal rights. Everybody should have equal rights. And that's just the way it ought to be, you know. It ought to be fair. You know, a level playing field. And after all, didn't everybody that went to war fight so that everybody can have their rights? But what if your rights that you call rights are wrong? Can a wrong be a right if it's wrong? All rights should be right, right? And if it's wrong, it ought to be wrong. And if it's wrong, it can't be right. Right? All right. right. Now, we'll move right along. So anyway, you have, you know, the Gay Pride Week. And now I hear that the, the mayor is going to ride in the parade. Because, you know, they, the gays, they got their rights. Uh, no, no, no. Homosexuality, sodomy is wrong, so therefore it can't be right. And if it's wrong, you can't legislate it right, because all the legislation in the world doesn't change God's viewpoint. And since we're supposed to believe the Bible, we're not supposed to change ours either. It's just like okaying and justifying sin. So, you know, there's these people over here, they commit murder. So the murders ought to have their right, and they want everybody to treat them, and it ought to be an acceptable lifestyle. What? Murdering. (laughs) Would you say, okay, that's okay. Okay, what about a person who is a thief? He steals. So all the thieves get together and say, we demand our right. We want to be treated just like everybody else. Well, okay, but stop stealing and stop killing and stop men with men and women with women and everything will be all right. So some people say, well, no, as long as it doesn't bother me. As long as it doesn't bother me. And so they can do anything they want to do as long as they don't bother little old me. Well, the thing is, it bothers you more than you know. And here's why. And I want to show you from the book, from the book. You see, the Bible doesn't touch things like that. <laughs> yes, it do. Does? Uh-huh. Now, take your Bible and turn all the way over there to the book of Genesis. Genesis. What's a good chapter? Chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you're probably going to lose your salvation. Now, there's a Bible in front of you, so make sure you have a Bible. It's on page 24, 24. Now, here in the book of Genesis, 
The Lord had told Abraham, look up there in the sky, count the stars. So Abraham says, one, two, three, three trillion, four hundred. No, he says there's so many he couldn't name them all, couldn't count them all. So it says there in verse five, and he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven, tell the stars, count them. If thou be able to number them, and he says unto him, so shall thy seed be. Now, buddy, there's an awful lot of stars. And then another place talks about there are stars like there are grains of sand upon the earth. Have you ever been to the beach? Look how many grains of sand there is. Would you like to count them? No, give you something to do. You know, Sierra, that's, that would be a good job for you. Next time you go to, I want you to count and see how many grains of sand there is. But just think of how many there are. So, he says, there's your seed. You're going to have as many people of faith as there are grains of sand or stars in the sky. Now, buddy, that's, that's going to be a heap of people. But, you know, it doesn't matter because what well, we're going to be here for eternity, you know. God said there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. Who knows? I might be in charge of my own planet. Yankees planet. And I also know that, you know, because God loves golf, because God invented golf. You know, when you die, you go to heaven. There's nine planets, a nine-hole golf course. Wouldn't that be awesome? Don't you think that's a great idea? Your kids don't like that idea? Yeah, yeah, no. But here, I want you to see what he says, because he made some promises to him. In verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, Abraham lived 430 years before the law was given by Moses, so he couldn't keep the law to be justified. All he had to do is believe in the Lord and what he said about the seed. And in the book of Galatians, it says, and that seed was talking about Christ. So Abraham knew he was talking about Christ. That's in Galatians chapter 3. So it's interesting to know. But now, Abraham was an old man. I am not an old man. An old man is somebody that's maybe 100 years old. That's old. I used to think 70 was old until I hit 69. Now, 70 is not old. But he says, yeah, but you're 71. Yeah. Now, anyway. Here in Genesis 15, he makes this statement to him. Look there in verse 13. Because he says, now, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And he said unto Abram, know of a surety. In other words, you can take this to the bank. That thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. So before Abraham... Had his kid, through which was going to be Isaac and and Abraham, the 12 sons of Jacob. Before that ever happened, you're talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then 70 of them went down into Egypt. God says, here's what's going to happen. Remember, he's telling them this before it happens. 
You're going to go into a strange land. And you're going to be there and you're going to have to toy like slaves for 400 years. That's a long time. America's only been gone a little over 200 years. So just think for 400 years. And notice what he says. Now, he's letting them go down there into Egypt so that they can build into a nation. And the reason is because there's this this land up here, the land of Canaan. God says, I'm going to give you this land. He said, well, they were there first. They're right. Wait, Wait a minute. Who made the earth? Well, God. Well, then if God made it, then it belongs to him. So can't God give whatever he wants to whoever he wants? I would think so. So if he let some people stay here, and it's a choice piece of land, but they abuse the land or they abuse their right to keep the land by not obeying God, then God can take it away from them and give it to somebody else. Doesn't that make sense? Of course it does. Because God is God. So now notice what he says in verse 14. And also that nation whom they shall serve, will I judge. So he's going to let them go down there, 70 of them, and Pharaoh gives them the choice piece of land. And so now they're going to grow and become a couple million people. As a couple million people, there probably could have been a lot more, but remember they were killing all the male children. <laughs> uh, they did keep one of them alive. Anybody know his name? Moses. Moses. I love that movie, The Ten Commandments, with Charlton Heston. How many of y'all saw that film? I think that was the last movie I ever went to see. But anyway, notice what he says here in Genesis. In verse 15, And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. In other words, you are not going to live long enough to see all of this take place. So Abraham, you're an old man. But you're going to have a son. Your son's going to have a son, and he's going to have another son, and there's going to have be 12 of them. They're going to go down in this land. They're going to be there for all these years, and they're going to come out. And I'm going to give them a best piece of land of all that flows with milk and honey. So God made promises to this old man. And look what he says. In verse 15, he said, Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. See there? It just means that you're just prime. Good old age. That's what we are. We're just aging gracefully. And if y'all behave yourself, y'all might live to be as old as me. But if you don't. Now, look what it says in verse 16. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again. Back there. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. In other words, God says, I'm going to let you become a great nation. And then I'm going to bring you back into this land. Because the Amorites and their wickedness is not done yet. And I'm going to deal with them. I'm going to take the land away from them and give it to you. All right, that's the talking part done. Well, years later, here they come. And before they got into the land, Moses was able to give to them some additional information. So we'll turn to the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus, 
You ever read the book of uh, Malachi? Malachi is a good book. The book of Job. Book of Palms. I used to read all those books. When I first started, I could not get these names down because it just didn't make any sense. Deuteronomy? I never heard of that book. But here in the book of Leviticus, I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Leviticus in chapter 18. This is on page 151. Now, there's some things that God said is right and God says is wrong. And he's talking to them as a nation of people, how they're supposed to live when they get into the land. God said, if you'll do what I say, I will bless you. You won't have to worry about your enemies. I'll take care of them. I will not put any of the diseases of the Egyptians upon you. In other words, this is the best health care program in the world. You see, diseases comes because of sins, believe it or not. If America was truly a righteous, holy, godly nation, I don't think we would have all the problem with all the illnesses that we have. You know a lot of the mental illnesses, I'm not saying all of it, but a lot of it is due to the pressures and the guilt of sin itself. People don't know how to deal with sin. So they'd rather just check out and lose their mind. Think of how many prisons we have all because of sin. Just think, there are no prisons in Israel. Oh, there wasn't during this time. God had a way of dealing with things. If you were guilty of death, guess what they did to you? You were, you're talking about quick. It was over with. And if it was your own kids who were rebellious to you, you could take them to the elders of the city. Uh, they always had the judge to sit at the gate of the city, and they could make their case. And if the child was found to be a rebellious kid, they could stone them. And so it caused kids to really want to obey their mama and daddy when they realized, hey, this is serious. Now, you may be glad we don't do that today, but I don't know. We might be better off if we went back to it. But no, we'll move right along. <laughs> now listen, otherwise there probably wouldn't be no kids here today left alive. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, look what he says now in verse 22. Verse 22. Verse 22 says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind. Now it's not talking about telling a little fib, a little white lie. It's talking about thou shalt not Lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Men with men, women with women is an abomination. God says, no, that is not acceptable. That is wicked. That is wrong. People say today, well, you know, it's because, well, we love each other. God doesn't care whether you love each other or not. Still don't make it right. God says in the New Testament, the book of 1 John, that you can love the things of the world. But God says, do not love the things of the world. It means you are able to love the things of the world. Can you love the wrong things? Well, of course you can. But love doesn't make it right. Well, it's okay because we love each other. Now, look what he says. In verse 22, it is abomination. Now, look in verse 23. Neither shall thou lie with any beast to defile thyself wherewith. 
Neither shall any woman stand before a beast who lie down there too. It is confusion because it's against nature. It teaches an animal, a beast, the wrong way of satisfaction, the same as it does for a woman or a man who does things that God says don't do that. Because if you permit yourself once, it's easier the second time and the third time, and there you go. And a woman who gives herself to a man that's not her husband, it's always easier to give herself to another man that's not her husband, and so forth. How do you think it starts? Best thing to do is keep thyself pure. Women, girls, men, boys, keep thyself pure. Now, if, you know, people have already messed up, from now on, correct the problem and do right. So this is why you're supposed to watch where you go and who you're with and all those things. So that you don't make provision for the flesh. You don't make an opportunity to get in trouble. And a lot of people do. They just don't. Well, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. I mean, I, I, they want to see how close they can get to the edge without falling off. Well, you can get burned that way. Now, look what else he says. In verse 24. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. Why is God taking that land away from them and giving it to somebody else? Because of their sins. And people say, well, you know, it doesn't matter as long as it doesn't bother me. What is tolerated in the nation is what God is going to assume. This is the will of the people. This is what the people want. And if that's what they want in rebellion to God, then God is going to judge the nation. And if you live in the nation, do you think that God can judge that nation without some judgment coming upon God's people? It rains upon the just and the unjust. So... We cannot have commissioners, Hillsborough County, pass a law stating that gays have their right without this county paying a price for it. Sooner or later, God will judge. That's the book. I don't know how he'll do it. I don't know when he'll do it. I only know God will do it. And he's teaching them something here. And this is what he's telling them before they get into the land. God says that at the time when he mentioned this to Abraham in chapter 15, the sins of the Amorites was not yet full. In other words, God is patient. And God gave him extensions of time based upon obedience or disobedience, even as a, a lost people. Lost people still don't have the right to live in sin, even though you have a sinful nature. It was still wrong to commit murder even when I was a lost kid. You mean when I was lost, it was okay to commit adultery? It was all right to commit murder? It's all right to steal? It's all right? No, it's not. Now that you're saved, now because you're saved, now it's okay to do all that. No. Because there's a God who judges individuals, a God that judges families, a God that judges churches. If you read the first of those seven churches in the book of uh, Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, you'll find out that God warned them that as a church, God would take them 
out. God would turn off their light. God would remove them out of their place because they were supposed to be a a light on a lampstand. So God can judge a nation. So is there things that can happen to individuals or to families or to churches or to the country because of the wickedness of individuals? And is there a price to pay? Well, look what he says. When he makes this statement in verse 26, excuse me, in verse 25, and the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. What's God's word telling us? You can't live like you please and get away with it. You can't do it as an individual. You can't do it as a family. You can't do it as a church. You can't do it as a nation. You can't do it without consequences. So he says this. In verse 25, And the land is defiled, therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it. And get this, the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Let me ask you something. Have you ever eat something and afterwards you get nauseated? Get real sick? Have you ever vomited? Isn't that a wonderful feeling? And then you, do you chew it again and swallow it? You know, a dog will return to its own. Now that's the Bible. I'm teaching you Bible. Now wouldn't it make you sick if you had to eat your own vomit? And we're going to eat today. But you'll be well in a couple hours. Don't worry. You'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Is the word vomit here in this verse? Did you see that verse? Did you see the word vomit in there? And the land itself vomiteth out. It means that it makes God sick. He also says that in the book of Revelation chapter 3. But it makes God sick. And makes the land sick. It becomes defiled. And so when it's sick, it vomits. And when it vomits, it even talks about the waves of the sea that vomits out its shame, the foam that comes up to the surface. Well, God says because of the wickedness of the people, God causes a nation to become sick. Remember what he said in Isaiah chapter 1. He says, from the toe to the head concerning Israel, you're one sick boy. You are totally sick. And God says, I'm sick of you being sick. And he says, come unto me and let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, it shall be as white as snow. So God can cause people to want to vomit. You should hate the sin that corrupts your life so much. You want to vomit it out. You don't want it to be a part of you. But in spite of that, he says some things here that I think is very interesting. So in verse 26, Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. People want to come in? 
then they have to abide by your law. We have Muslims who want to come to America and not abide by our law. They want Sharia law. And they want to take over our country and replace the Constitution with Sharia law, with the Koran. If our politicians would just study the scriptures, you will find there's principles in the word of God that will help you to know how to, how to vote, how to make the right decisions. But most people don't listen to what God's word says. Notice what else he says here. See there in verse 27, For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you. And the land is defiled. Now, why is the land defiled? Because of the sins of the people. And why is God taking away this beautiful hunk of land and giving it to Israel? Because of their sins. And God is going to take it away from them and he's going to give it to Israel. And that became the promised land, the land that God promised. Now, the lady that was uh, Golda Meir, she says, we're the only people where a man like Moses covered the whole Middle East and found the only piece of land that had no oil and gave it to us. She was being a little sarcastic. But now we know that Israel is one of the richest pieces of land in the Middle East. They say in the, in the Dead Sea itself is enough mineral rights of silver and gold because it's the lowest place on the earth and that it has more wealth than all the nations of all the world put together. Israel. And they've also found gas and they found oil. And the Bible even talks about Asher shall dip his toe in oil. Now, I think it's all interesting. Maybe Moses... Didn't make a big mistake after all. Maybe he just went where God told him to go. How about that? But it was notice this. See there in verse 28. That the land spew not you out also when ye defile it. Is that a promise from God? That if you will do what I say do and you obey what he says up there and keep my statutes and my judgments, then you can keep the land. But if you go the other direction and you live like the world and accept as an acceptable lifestyle the sins of the other nations, then I'm going to take this land away from you. Did it happen? It happened. They did not obey God. They rebelled against God. So God took it away from them. Took them out of the land also for 2,000 years. So can you just easily bypass it? See, our advantage is this. We live so far on this side of the cross. We can look back at history and say, you know, God did exactly what he said he was going to do. And he tells us why he did it. See, there was people here in America before we got here. But they're not by people who knew the Lord. I mean, the Indians had Indian tribes everywhere. And there was a lot of butchering and who knows what all went on. And so God, yes, he had the pilgrims come and Puritans and other religious people come into this land. And they brought 
the Bible and they brought the booze. And the Indians chose the booze over the Bible. They lost the land. We got the land. Now that we got the land, it looks like we just might lose the land. Because, you see, we don't deserve this country anymore. And God is going to chasten. God is going to judge. Would take my place. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.